0: You and me. Jake Bug on RTHK Radio 3, and the song is About Last Night. Right, the time is now nine minutes past two o'clock, and you're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, you know it. Time for a bit of Andrew Dembina. How are you doing, Andrew? It's great to speak to you today.
1: I'm okay, thanks,
0: Noreen. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, Alive, kicking, well.
1: Well, that's the main thing.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Kick on. (laughs) Um, So what have you got for us? It's Tuesday, so, you know, you usually give us the lowdown with uh, food-related news. What what have you got for us today?
1: Some tasty morsels for you, Noreen. In fact, talking of which, uh, the only photo that I've sent Noreen today, listener, is uh, something from my lunch, which was not long ago. Um, sure. it's, um, I, I've, got three, I've got three other stories to get through in a moment. This is a very small diversion at the beginning of this week's Tuesday. International reports and local reports. Um, it concerns a satsuma, or mandarin orange, that I had for, for lunch that has no fewer than 34 pips <laughs> in the whole thing. And I took a photo of it, which I sent to Noreen, which she uh, as with any photo I send her um, would be wondering what on earth it's about. I, and I was it's,
0: wondering it's what those were. I, I thought <laughs> I thought they were just sort of, I don't know, sunflower seeds that you were having on top uh, of the satsuma. I didn't realise that the seeds had in fact you know, come from the satsuma.
1: Well, okay, let me let, let, let me without without spending too long on this, um, the satsuma that I presented next to the bowl full of seeds or pips, um, was from the same bag or batch that I bought. And um, so I wanted to show it with the scale of my hand. It was not a large orange. You know, it is the small mandarin orange. And I've never seen so many. There were like, in some of those segments, there were there were like five or six uh, seeds in there. So I just, I'll just put it out there for the, uh, for the one, two, three show listener. Can you beat that? It's the only time in my not short life that I've actually spent time counting. And I've got a busy day today, but I counted the pits. Uh, that were in there because I just could not believe what I was experiencing per mouthful, so my challenge is out there can anyone beat me on thirty four pips in one tattoo I'll be putting this on my own personal social media later because I was just I was just very surprised
0: yeah, I'm surprised to hear that that's yeah it's <laughs> yeah. not so enjoyable when you're sort of picking the pips between your between the mouthfuls, but anyway
1: yeah that's it what can you that, do that's, yeah, yeah let's call that. Segment number one, and um, it's uh, moving on to uh, to other things more international. Though Um, Asia, Asia's food spending, according to one report uh, a few days ago, is set to double to more than in US dollars eight trillion in our local currency. That is sixty-two point three trillion Hong Kong dollars by two thousand and thirty. That is for the whole of Asia spending. Um, is, is going is to double in, by, by 2030 from what it is now to 62.3 trillion Hong Kong dollars. Now, a trillion, by the way, is a million million, so that's a lot of money, 62.3 million million Hong Kong dollars. This is according to a new joint report by PwC, the Multinational Professional Services Network, Rubobunk. A not bank, Rabobank, Rabo Bank, a Dutch multinational banking and financial services company, and Tamasek, a Singapore-based investment company. So, much of that demand is they, they reckon is going to be led by the region's changing consumer habits and the rapidly, still rapidly growing population across Asia. That is uh, that that is what Tamasek, one of the three partners in this report. Um, One of the heads of Tamasek told CNBC's Squawk Box Asia uh, actually was just around two weeks ago. So uh, more than one point five trillion dollars, U.S. dollars of investment will be required to keep up with that swelling demand um, that's uh, within the industry, the food industry in Asia. These These are huge figures. So Asia should change its eating habits, this report says, uh, or it's it's very likely to, to be going for more meat-free proteins. That's what uh, Tamasek Asian consumers are thought to be doing by 2030. (sighs) So the food spending is going to become the world's largest food and beverage market, the study says which is quite amazing. And this report is called the Asia Food Challenge Report 2021. If anybody wants to to have a look at some more.
0: To to think about like our grandparents' generation, they just sort of spent Mm. the least on food. You know, it was just to fill their tummies or sometimes they'd go hungry during those sort of harder times.
1: Well, it is crazy, isn't it? Because I think in some respects, even though we're not doing so much traveling these days, but even in... Not so well-off pockets in Hong Kong on our doorstep, or um, when we do go travelling, and inevitably, as a, a you know, one of the things I remember about travel uh, on our holiday that I went before I had a kid, where I went with my wife to Sri Lanka, and it was a, it was a great, really interesting cultural holiday. But we did, we were really just um, noticing the very small amounts of food that people were buying in markets, mm. the beggars that were you know, that, that were around and really wanted just for everyday needs. And you do, I, I still sort of think of parts of Asia. I don't mean that it doesn't exist in Europe, North America or South America or different parts of the world, but I think that, um, you know, one, one still sort of imagines that there's a sizable portion of Asia, and and uh, no doubt there is actually, which, um, which is uh, on the rice line not the bread line i suppose it's the mm-hmm. rice line or whatever you know it, it, it's um, so so this does come as a real surprise i think yeah, um, across the board that yeah, yeah yeah and it's um it goes on to say that much of the demand will come from changing consumer habits of an increasingly health conscious digital savvy region uh but also as i mentioned before from its rapidly growing population by 2030 Um, Asia is expected to be home to 4.5 billion people and 65 percent, this is crazy, of the world's middle class. So more than half of the world's middle class, uh, you know, who have that spending power, disposable income, and who can up their nutritious food content. They can up, you know, all kinds of uh, um, recreational food and drinks, snacks and all these different things. So uh, that's what middle class uh, and, and above does, isn't it? So um, it, it, the, one of the uh, one of the people behind this said folks want healthier food, they want safer food, they want to buy online, they want food that's sustainable. And that was uh, Anuj Meswari, who's Tamasek's managing director, director of agribusiness, and, uh, and he was telling that to CNBC's Squawk Box a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, India and Southeast Asia are set to account for the greatest increase in spending during this time leading up to 2030, growing at an estimated compound annual rate of 5.3% and 4.7% respectively, that's Southeast Asia and India, uh, between now and 2030. China, however, will remain the largest market overall, despite the growth figures being higher in Southeast Asia and India. And the report's findings are based on a survey of um, uh, around 4,000 consumers across 12 Asia-Pacific countries, as well as conversations with senior executives at uh, some of the biggest um, uh, companies involved in the food sector and analysis of over 3,000 publicly traded food and beverage companies. So it's a fairly wide uh, widely researched um, fi- set of findings that it's found. Um, just a few more stats. According to the report, it-, it will take 1.55 trillion US dollars of investment by 2030 across the entire value chain uh, of food production and food distribution, etc., to meet Asia's swelling food demand. So. It will take 1.55 trillion to feed that demand that's increasing all the time. And that marks an increase of what was estimated to be about half that, Um, uh, 750 billion uh, to 800 billion investment originally estimated uh, by the group's uh, report a couple of years ago in 2019. So it's jumped up massively in terms of projection in two years.
0: Yeah. Um, All all of this. Sorry, go on, Andrew. I was just
1: going to say, well, no, all of of this is really staggering. I mean, we heard before about um, the increase of middle classes driving Mm. it with healthy diets and so on. Um, But there are other critical trends that uh, that were identified, such as uh, more demand for fresh produce rather than preserved produce. Um, again, you know, you you mentioned things that we noticed about Asia. One thing I noticed immediately when I came to Hong Kong uh, decades ago and also other parts of Asia is that things were eaten very fresh. Wet markets used to exist more here today than they do now. Yeah. Do you um,
0: remember when, well, I certainly remember when I was little going to the market with my granddad. Um, yeah. We'd just get uh, live chickens. <laughs> It was yes. actually quite horrifying. Yeah. And people blow, yeah. blowing blowing the, the, the chicken's pet pet, you know, the the bottom oh, to make Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. I still really remember on t- on on the telly and, you know, just people doing that just to make sure that the chicken was fresh. It's really odd, just sort of Blowing on their bottom, um, but yeah, yeah. And, and and the fish, you know, and and, and all the seafood, um, people would just kill the fish in front of you. It's kind of.
1: I mean, I mean, yes, it, it, in markets, I, yeah, I remember oh. fish being literally slammed on the ground yeah. to, to, and and then scaled and gutted right right in front of you. Yeah, there was no things had become more. Sanitised, And I mean, I guess it's good for the squeamish, but uh, but it's, it's still the same thing that ends up in your bag or on your plate, is not it? Oh, and, and I remember, uh,
0: yeah, people, my granddad would used to buy the fresh crabs and bring it home. And I would, and, and oh, it was so sad because i tried try to be in uh, the sink. Yeah. And I'd try and, you know, try and talk to them. And he was like, don't talk to them. We're going to eat them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Really yeah. Sad. Anyway, that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, freshness, it, it, fresh food in Hong Kong yeah. is, is a big thing
1: yeah it's um i mean I, I think i think it's actually a good in my opinion it is good to be in touch though with where food comes from in the ways that you were just describing nostalgically and i remember a lot of that as well i think i don't i don't think it's great i mean uh, i think um so uh, my, uh, my 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 wife 's chinese and my mother in law came to the u k some decades ago, a year after we got married. And um, and she wanted a photo of her pre-digital camera days um, in a supermarket next to a load of chickens that had had their heads cut off. They'd been plucked. It's basically what anyone in the Western country or in, uh, in many supermarkets now in Hong Kong would expect to see. A gutted, yeah. headless, used to. footless... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she found it bizarre. Like um, you know, like but this is this is what makes uh, culture uh, differences kind of interesting. It is interesting. yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. So just 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 some final uh, findings then of this uh, this survey uh, projected for this incredible amount of uh, spending that's that's thought to be happening by two thousand and thirty, or yeah, in Asia. Um, Healthy diet, fresh produce, and traceable sources also traceable sources right which we've talked a lot about in the past for many things um sustainable consumption uh, alternative proteins and online purchasing all of these things are said to be on the up in asia where um where it shows that there's more critical trends in thinking about what people want to eat and this is a this is a sign of people um who are more educated who have more money in their pocket this is just what happens isn't it but it's a uh, yeah, just to, f- just to finish this uh, report sort of uh, chatter uh, um, now, then the agriculture uh, technology investments have also grown substantially within Asia itself. So for, for producing traceable agriculture um, without chemicals and um, it, it, of a, of a high-quality grade that's going to be more acceptable to middle classes, these have gone up since 2014 by nearly 400%. To a um, to a value of US dollars uh, 30.5 billion, according to the survey. So it means that the demand since 2014 has gone up 400% within this region to feed itself with agricultural produce by 400%. All of these, I was just blown away by all of these figures in uh, in this particular report. And you can find out more about it. If you want to, by by searching online for the Asia Food Challenge Report two thousand and twenty one, the stats are incredible. Um, so moving on to something uh, uh, after that, perhaps a little uh, a little less punchy, uh, something in Hong Kong. Um, that uh, ha- have you heard of or ever been to the quite popular low priced Japanese? um food emporium don don donkey
0: oh yeah Sorry. i have been there <laughs> yes um not not many right. times but uh, um do you remember the theme tune when you go inside the the, the don don donkey and it gets like, stuck in your exactly. head, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if you could remind us, but no holding back whatsoever, Norrie, <laughs> was there? Um, it's um, well, th- so this this establishment is um, going to open its first ever sushi restaurant later this month in Hong Kong. Oh, really? Which cool. Yeah, and it's going to offer. This is is quite a lot. 90 different kinds of sushi including some uh, which it says are premium tuna and fresh salmon. Premium tuna and salmon in terms of quality. So yeah, I mean, it's known to be a very affordable place. The location of this is going to be in Shin-1, so it's not going to be in the downtown. At a place called OP Mall, which I don't personally know. I've not, not been there. Do you know that one?
0: No, I don't.
1: Yes. Okay, okay. the restaurant's going to be called Sen Sen Sushi. It's going to seat 180 guests max, and have, as I say, 90 different types of sushi. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know what um, other well-priced, um, you know, the, the other popular establishments have got, but that sounds like a lot. And, yeah, the highlights on the menu are, they say, are going to include premium tuna sourced from all around the world. What it doesn't say, by the way, is whether it's sustainable. I
0: know. I was tuna. just yeah, going to say that because yeah, yeah. I kind of made a pledge to not really have... Yeah, yeah, too much fish, because, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) there are some dodgy sauces, aren't there? Yeah. And I don't need the sauces you Hong Kong, tell me where they come from. Um, And it's also going to have large, genuine Hokkaido scallops, which are, um, you know, they're usually pretty expensive, all of which, all of these things that I mentioned, are going to cost Hong Kong, in Hong Kong money, well, it is in Hong Kong after all, $12 a plate. Oh. So, it's sticking with the um, attractive prices, um, but one has to wonder then, possibly, about the quality. Or the um, size. I mean,
0: Maybe, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe it's $12 a plate, but only with one yeah. piece of well, sushi instead of the two pieces, right?
1: Do you think it might be a, a, a plate that's actually got a handle that's a bit like a spoon? <laughs> <laughs> it could be, yeah. Yeah, For that price, it could be, couldn't it? No, it's possibly a bit bigger, two spoons. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the sushi rice is also says to be, uh, really good quality. It's called, the, the, the quality, which I think I've heard of before, is called Nanachuboshi rice, which is from Hika- uh, Hokkaido. And it is a highly regarded type of rice in Japan. Uh, and, and they'll be doing it, obviously, it'll be, you know, done properly with the, with mix, mixed with the, uh, the special sushi vinegar, et etc. et cetera. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it will also have, um, uh different um fresh specials coming in from japan as they are seasonal so anyway i'm not doing a plug for this by any means but i just thought it was interesting that um what a very low low price place is um is is saying that it's going to come out with good quality now very occasionally this does happen with uh with various restaurants um but uh, whether it can last and also i guess being in the location it's in it can manage to survive getting slightly better ingredients as restaurants always do around their opening period, whether they continue to do that or not remains to be seen. But it's in tune one. I'm not saying Maybe that we'll get anywhere Angie to check Kong it out, because
0: that's like her neck of the woods. Point of contact
1: for her to come in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think so. We'll to need a, a roving report. Exactly. Perhaps you, can, perhaps you can join us one Tuesday and, uh, uh, you know, during, during our segment, tell us, tell us how it fares. How exactly. big
0: those portions are. This is a really uh, yeah. cool, sort of silly observation, but I I never thought about sushi rice. I never thought sort of which region of Japan makes the best sushi rice. I must get yeah. a sushi expert to come on the show to sort of explain to us the the, the, the sort of it's, different grains and sizes and how yeah, yeah. interesting well, it, yeah
1: inspired it by what you said. Yeah, it's also, it's, so it's, so it's also very important what kind of rice is used for making sake as well, the rice mm, wine, yeah. Which um, so there, there are lots of different types. But as, as, uh, as rice is eaten all over Japan, you also get, um, but yes, an expert could say what they, what they thought was best, but I think uh, there are really great quality rice that is polished um, so that it's, um, you know, they've got no impurities on it for both eating and for sake, so that would be interesting. Now, uh, I don't know if I've got time for a last... Uh, a You've last got, bit. got
0: two minutes. Is that enough, Andrew? Yeah, okay. Do you want to sort of save it? it? Okay, go for no, it.
1: I think so. I'll just, I'll just breeze through this one. So a, uh, it's a food and drinks marketing story that one of the biggest giants of soft drinks is looking to make some noise because it's been doing really badly during the pandemic and even before that. I'm talking about Coca-Cola. No it's, way! Um, yeah, yeah. It's losing against Pepsi in the States. Seriously, under, you know, I love. Yeah. I love.
0: It's like a. It's like a godsend for me with my vomiting and stuff. I drink it every day. Oh, well, does I it should... work
1: well. Not because it's fizzy, doesn't that? Doesn't that kind of make you feel? You know. No, it okay? it's, so, it's the only definitely. thing
0: I'm surviving I probably shouldn't admit wow. this on the radio because it's really unhealthy and I'm aware of that, yeah. but trust me, it's it's saving my life, sort of.
1: Okay, well, it certainly sounds like it's keeping your energy levels up as well, Noreen. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably, <laughs> There's yeah. a caffeine in there. Yeah. It's, well, it, it's embarking on its first new global marketing campaign for five years. It's a new chapter because it has been, as I say, losing against um, – the distribution strength of Pepsi, particularly in the US and across the world, it, is, it has been losing uh, by down by. Um, it, it, it's small figures. It's it's less than one uh, percent across the world, but in uh, in the US, it's down thirty eight percent down against Pepsi in the last few years. This is uh, just. For, um, a, for a study that was uh, made on in an interview in uh, a, Nori, uh, a, a publication, Noreen, I'm sure that you uh, subscribe to, Beverage Digest. I'm sure that would be one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> typically, uh, typically, Coke chief executives have talked about investing in a crisis, says the editor of Beverage Digest in the story. But they're pulled back during the pandemic which has been a mistake. Not that he, doesn't, he doesn't say it's a mistake, but because they yeah. haven't uh, been investing, they've lost the edge against Pepsi. I'm aware of the time, Noreen, so I'm not going to keep on if you want me to stop.
0: Yeah, but, unfortunately um, we're out of time, but it is very okay. interesting. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I shall investigate mm. it and perhaps look at some share options. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're drinking a lot of it. Well, well, yeah, yeah. get some
1: shares and drink more.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm a very aware it's not the healthiest options. I'll have to... To do another program separately to explain to to our listeners why it's yeah. worked and why many people yeah. um, rely on it. But that's a topic for another day. Um, Andrew, thank yeah. you so much for, for your time today. And I look forward to uh, catching up with you another time. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Thank you. Laurie. Bye, Bye now. for
0: now. And a quick